goes into the series. Like this series, like everyone goes into a coma. They're just like, no, man, comas are great. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll get out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is the fourth person to go into a coma. And it, when your computer goes into a coma, it's time <laughs> you jump the okay? shark. Yeah. It's just, no, man. He's. He's not in a coma. He just upgraded the Windows 10 accidentally, and now nothing works properly. <laughs> Hello, dudes. Michelangelo here. You know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, did you do that? And welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes, as today I think we're on episode 42. I double-checked this time, I'm pretty sure it's 42. And this will be our second episode of our series called the... Well, actually, Josh, why don't you say it? Oh, hi, everyone. I'm Josh. <laughs> hi, Josh. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Turtle Flakes Presents the IDW Mutation Station. <sighs> Nailed it. So, thank you. <laughs> I get you only you get one. And then after that, if you don't hit it that first time, it's just I kicked off the show. Yeah. yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I got to mind my P's and Q's. Man. I know it. I know it. Jeez. Well, yeah, um, we uh, the last episode we covered the uh, TMNT deviations uh, uh, about that episode issue. And, uh, boy, that was a monumental issue. If you've not heard that episode, go back and listen to that one first because, man, so many good things happened. So many crazy things happened in that issue. We, we talked about, you know, certain characters die. It was just – it was one of those yeah. crazy issues. But uh, That issue is insane. It is. Yeah. I, like, I just reread it yesterday. I was like, oh, God, this gets better. You know, I did the same thing earlier this week. I reread it just to kind of see if, you know, we had covered everything. And I'm telling you, man – Oh, it's it's crazy, and I I do wish I do wish they do like their own mini series after that to see what happened. Oh yeah, I know. You know what? I, IDW, anyone from IDW, Kevin Eastman, if you're listening, I'll write it. I'll do it. <laughs> you don't even have to pay me. I'll do it. No, do it <laughs> just to get his name out yeah. there. Absolutely, I'd I will it. just write four evil Ninja Turtles, and it's just like yeah, man, I want to I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that'd be crazy. Um, so that that. I think the deviations that came out in March 30th, so it was kind of a little bit older. But today, uh, we are on the latest issue of the IDW comics as we're covering issue 57. And you know what, Josh? Before I mean, yeah. I, I know we're going to talk about this in more detail, but I have to say something. I think I nailed yeah. it. I think I nailed him. My prediction. What'd you nail now? I had a feeling there was something up with Leatherhead. Didn't Man, I, didn't I, I call I, that? Yeah, you did, and I I wasn't disputing you. I just told you you were wrong, but I mean, I wasn't disputing you. I was disappointed. I was like, man, I lo- I'm such a Leatherhead fan, and I thought that this was the most, this was just like the most accurate depiction of Leatherhead that I had in my mind. Like, I always wanted to see this Leatherhead, where like he's just scary and beefy and huge, like. I remember the, the the original toy, the portrait on the back, it said that he was 12 feet tall. Right. And, well, and when you look at the toy, he's, he's like tiny. this little four-inch figure, maybe five. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's not exactly 12 feet. But <laughs> this, is like the first, this is like the first time I've seen Leatherhead that size. You know? Oh, yeah, I mean, like twice the size of the turtles, yeah. 
Because this is the only comic I ever read Leatherhead in. I, I've never seen Leatherhead in anything but the but the cartoons or the games or anything like that. You, well, you know, the only other one I'd seen him in um, when I was little was the Archie series. You know, the uh, Turtle yeah. of Flakes. Oh, the, the cannibals, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he, the... he was in that. And, um, oh gosh, he was in one of the later uh, issues of the Archie series, the, uh, the regular run. And, yeah. um, you know, he looked just like the cartoon version. But uh, seeing him, and then eventually I saw him in... Um, was it Tales? The first Tales of the TMNT series? He's in that. Yeah, and he's. I think he's also in the Image comic series where, like, he, I think he bites off Leonardo's arm or something like that. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet, man. Well, uh, before we get into the, the specifics of the comic, which there's lots of stuff to talk about, uh, because you know what, Josh? I know you're a little disappointed. It uh, to, to save you a little bit, it doesn't necessarily... Mm-hmm. It's not set in stone that he did it, you know, but... Uh, we'll de- look at him! Look at him! I know he looks evil. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. I know it, but you know how they are, man. They pull the rug from under us a lot. I know, but it's just like they're. I mean, and you know what? This is. I, I'm not disappointed in the issue. I, I think that this is a good. It's a filler issue. It's just bridging a gap to when the next storyline hits up or picks up. And but like, yeah, I just I wish. I don't know what I wish anymore because, I mean, it's Leatherhead. I'm so happy to see Leatherhead. Finally, you don't just get, like, a shot of his arm or the, or his back or something. Well, I can't wait to talk about it. There, there's so many things I really liked about what he did, though. But anyways, um, uh, before we get started on the comic, I just real quickly, I didn't get any pickups this week. I, I don't know if you did, but um, the only thing I really remember getting was I bought um, the IDW – Oh, gosh, it's the collection of the Archie comics. So the first volume of that, I got that on Comixology.com. And the whole reason I got that was because Landon Long is going to be uh, hosting a little miniseries with me uh, dedicated to the Archie comics uh, uh, some, oh, sometime. Yeah. yeah, an old buddy Landon uh, from the Retro Junkies. So I'm really excited about that, and um, we're going to be t- discussing the first – actually, the second issue because I think Josh and I discussed the first um, soon. I don't know when it will be, but it will be soon. And that's it. That's that's as far as I, I've gotten as uh, pickups go. But what about you, man? Did you get anything Ninja Turtles this week? Uh, well, I've got not to toot my own horn, but um, um, I've recently uploaded on BargainBinRadioPodcast dot com the uh, first chapter of my new fanfic series, uh, Ninja Turtles Punishment. Yeah, yeah, I, I just read it today. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. I was going to grill you. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to grill you right now. <laughs> okay. Go, for it. Go, go right ahead. All right, cool. Well, first of all, I love the uh, listeners. If you've not read his stories, uh, the first one was called A Day in the Life, and that was a, what, 12-part story arc, Josh? Yeah, altogether it was 12, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, which was fantastic, and I think it was part 10 or one of them is a tearjerker uh, issue. And uh, Josh, you have an amazing talent for for. Oh, I mean, you you know you know the characters, and you and it, and it shows that you love the characters. And um, you know, I was really sold on the series from the get go because of all the different relationships that the characters have, the new takes on characters. Uh, you incorporated Ace Duck and Mondo Gecko, yeah. and and uh, a couple other um, characters in the story. And I noticed that in today's issue, you also mentioned a couple of other ones, Old Hob and, um, oh, who was the other one uh, you mentioned? Bebop. Bebop, yeah, which I was like, oh, those two teamed up? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know. I, uh, I mentioned in the I'd mentioned in the first story that Bebop and Rocksteady had started, like, the largest gang in New York City, and then just, they just kind of disappeared. 
Yeah. So maybe maybe something's maybe something's there. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to give too much away, but maybe something happened. I so. know. See, like there's there's things like I I I've got predictions, but I don't want to give anything away. You know, like I I think the thing of it is is like I mean I I write basically one chapter at a time. I because I tried doing just this overarching spiderweb plan of everything. This led to that, and this led to that, and this this, and it just slowed me down so much to where I wasn't writing. I was just planning. So when I wrote the first story, I literally just wrote a chapter and then I would reread it and think okay well wouldn't it be cool if this happened and so I'm really trying to get back into that method of writing because I don't I I don't want to let myself slow down I, so all I have in my head right now is the end game I know exactly where it's gonna end hopefully I end it better than I did the last one because I don't really like the ending of the first story just because yeah, I had imagined uh-huh. this huge yeah the not not the ending but like the climax of it where there was that huge battle between the turtles and the dominators. I had imagined like this Avengers level fight where you start with Donatello, go to, and you move to each different character to where like you you go to Michelangelo and then Mona Lisa, yeah. then Venus, Karai, then Splint and I just I just got scared and said, Nope, let me just do the four turtles. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I loved it, man. I, I'm telling you, I yeah. think they got even better as as the series went along. So, guys, it's on bargainbinradio.com. Check out that series. It's a day in the life, and I'm also gonna include a link to the show notes. Um, and I want to talk about this. Oh, of course, man. Oh, first of all, sorry, I'm all scattered this morning. It's been a crazy morning, uh, as Josh oh, yeah. already knows about. But I want to officially welcome Josh as a mainstay on Turtle Flakes podcast. He is an official co-host <laughs> of our show. <laughs> right. But yeah. Oh, hey. Hold on. Nicole wants to say hello. Nicole's here. <laughs> Nicole, how's it going? Hi, Rob. Good. How are you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Happy early Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy early Mother's Day to Krista also. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I still got to get her a gift. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Well, I was going to take her out to eat today, but uh, I got to get her something. I just don't know what, and I'm broke. She's like, happy meal. Hope you understand. <laughs> you can keep the toy. Make her breakfast in bed. Oh, good idea. But the only problem is I can't cook. Pop-Tarts. <laughs> In bed. Pop-Tarts saves the world. I promise you microwave oatmeal or anything like that, she'll appreciate. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll do that. I'll do that. That sounds good. Jeez, I, I, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> okay, I'm running away. <laughs> uh, see you, Nicole. <laughs> Bye. Bye, honey. Oh, oh. so anyways, you know, I, I wanted to officially welcome Josh. Awesome, awesome guy. Big, big hardcore Turtles fan. And, um... I wanted to particularly uh, ask a question. I'm sorry. I wanted to ask a question particularly about this issue that you just wrote, the one that just came out. Uh, yeah. Does Casey Jones die? Just tell me that. No, no, no. Actually, don't tell me that. I, I, no, he doesn't die. He's in. He's in the issue. He's in that chapter. Right. No, no. no I'm saying a- later on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't. Want you, I, in a way, I don't want you to give the story away. But it, do you have something crazy planned for Casey Jones? Let me put it that way. Because like toward the end of your story. It sounds pretty cryptic. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I just, that was really, I mean, I love Casey Jones. Uh, Casey Jones is just, he's the reader, in my opinion. He's, in, in any Casey Jones story that he's involved with, it's just, he's us along for the ride with mm-hmm. the Turtles. And really, it was it was just a, it's not anything bad. It's a very positive thing, what he's doing. The thing of it is, the conflict within himself is he doesn't know if he wants to be violent again. 
because and basically the end of the chapter ends with uh him and april talking about you know what are they going to do should they just they want to go to northampton and just this time just stay there there's they have a great house and a great they could have a great life there and uh april says you know i want to do that but i need you to do something first and i need you to protect the turtles and so he's she's basically giving him permission to break a promise he made to her when they had shadow their daughter it's basically just kind of just the struggle everyone goes through every day with identity it's just him trying to figure himself out now because he doesn't he may not necessarily know if he can even be casey jones again you know well here here's my thought process and this is just me as a reader and mm-hmm. even if i somehow hit what you're thinking about doing you don't have to give it away for storytelling sake okay. but here's what i'm thinking happens Here's what I thought when I read it. Casey Jones, he's tell, he's telling April, "Hey, let, let's let's get away. We can finally get away. You can um you go go back into nursing. You can start your writing again. And you know, and I can find a job fixing cars. And and we can just get away from all this stuff. Just walk away." And then April's like, "Well, I need you to do this one last time. You know, I need you yeah. to fight with the turtles. They need you right now." Um, and he says, "All right, I've got one more fight left in me." And I'm thinking, yeah. hmm, usually <laughs> usually when a character has, you know, when they say something like, hey, let's, after after this last battle, let, let's live the life we've always wanted to live, usually yeah. something happens to that character. And I'm like, ooh, is he going where I think he's going with this? But, you know, you don't have to say. Uh, just that's what I was thinking. It is kind of like the World War II villain or World War II film where that one soldier is looking at the picture of his girlfriend. It's like, he's going to die. <laughs> you know? Yep. But, you know, Casey Jones is, I mean, I keep saying that this person's important to me. Like, every one of these characters is so important to me. Uh, but I've already got, I, I will say this, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I've got I've got the end game set in my head. I'm not going to change it. Um, it's, it's, hopefully, it's, I'm not even worried about people liking it. I'm just worried about me having the ability to finish it. Uh, because I wrote out the second chapter I wrote notes for the second chapter and I was having Nicole because Nicole reads everything and I basically get her nod of approval and I go about writing it and she's kind of like she's kind of like my editor for me but she says I was writing the next chapter and the next chapter what it was going to be and it probably still will be a little bit was basically it was a meeting between Donatello and all the turtles that are there because Leonardo's gone and Ace and Mondo and everybody and basically Donatello was like, if you guys want out now, just say it. There's no shame, but we are going to go fight the Dominators. And Nicole told me that, uh, that that was basically what happened in the first chapter. And I was like, oh, crud, you're right. <laughs> uh, okay, let me go back to it. So um, I will give you a little bit of a hint. The next chapter is going to involve Leonardo and what he's been doing and where he is. So, And one... One kind of spoiler that I'm going to give out here is that if you're thinking that the Dominators are the bad guys, you're kind of wrong. Because really, I'm, I'm writing a Leonardo that I've never read before. Uh, Leonardo is very much the bad guy of this book. Um, yeah, he's very much, he, he really is the bad guy here. And he's kind of breaking a bunch of rules that he set for himself. So, but... 
the upside to it is is that he's struggling with it. So he is the bad guy, but he's not a bad guy, you know? It, to quote Wreck-It Ralph a little bit. So, <laughs> For uh, readers or listeners, if you've not read this, check it out. This is a great, great jumping uh, or launching pad right here, this this first issue. So uh, Josh doing a fantastic job with that, and I'm looking forward to more, man. Thank you very much. I look forward to I look forward to writing it. Yeah. So. Well, um, uh, let's see. As far as other things, I've not bought anything, but I did find out a couple other things that are going on in the Ninja Turtle community. Um, one uh, really piqued my interest was um, uh, apparently they're making it's like a repo card, um, and it's a ROM hack, but they're making new Ninja Turtle games for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, oh yeah, I, I saw that on Etsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I've read a little bit more about it. And uh, basically, they lifted a lot of the skins uh, or a lot of the level designs from Toxic Avenger uh, for the Nintendo. And I I never actually played that game, but I it, did. That, that it's not good. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> you did yourself a favor. Don't play it. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, but uh, looks par- good. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. And I think that's what he was looking for. He was looking for the uh, the designs and and kind of. You know, including more Nintendo uh, or Ninja Turtle sprites, putting that in there. Also, uh, I think they included Casey Jones in there and a couple of his sprites and stuff. And it looks really cool. Plus, the carts themselves are green and uh, the music's been redone. I don't know who composed all the music, but uh, it definitely sounded like a Ninja Turtle game. You know, it's that Konami sound that we all love. Yeah. But uh, but let me ask you something, man. In the early days, which was your favorite uh, Ninja Turtle game? Oh man, see, it was probably it was probably the arcade game. Oh, good call. Because as much as I loved like the first game, and I still love that one. I mean, I have all of the Nintendo games downstairs. Um, but the arcade game was just that was just so much fun, and it looked like the Ninja Turtles I saw on TV, and yeah, right. <laughs> it was just so cool. It was just that game just blew my mind when I was a kid. It was between that and I always thought Manhattan Mission or uh, Manhattan Project. I always thought that one was too hard. And It's tough, yeah. Even to this day, it's still too hard. I was like, no, man, not having fun. I don't need to play Dark Souls on Nintendo. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, you know, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a terrible video game player. I don't know, but Ninja Turtles 2 was my favorite. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I, for me, it's always been a tie between the two. Uh, I love the original arcade game. I have so many memories playing that. And some of my earliest yeah. ones was in a Pizza Hut lobby uh, playing the yeah. arcade cabinet. And it had the four different uh, controllers, you know, all color-coded to the Turtles. And, uh, mm. oh, man, so many good times playing that. Um, and then uh, I remember, of course, I got that game, uh, the port of it, onto the Nintendo. And then I got yeah. uh, later on for Christmas um, uh, the third one. And the third one, I just love the music so much. I love the surfing stage and stuff, and I have so many memories playing that one. So, between the two, yeah. it's oh, it's hard to it's hard to choose. So, um, and then I love the first one, but I didn't I didn't actually play the first one till years later because I remember. Well, I take that back. I remember playing it at a friend's house, not really understand what was going on. Didn't understand that it wasn't a straightforward yeah. beat 'em up. It's kind of like a more of a platformer. Um, yeah. It, the first one's a platformer, which was it, – it's a platformer that was not built to be a platformer. Yeah, it's different, yeah. You no, know, because just the jumps are really – like your character jumps really high, but you're <laughs> in these truncated areas. Yeah. You know? 
And it just it I think I think you and Josh Witt talked about it on an earlier Turtle Flakes episode and he nailed the description. It was like it was a video game that was being developed by Konami, but then at the last minute they just threw the Ninja Turtles in there. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't think, doubt that. I think he hit the nail on the head. I think he got it. I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt that a bit. And I, there's certain things I really like about it. Like I love the overworld. I love yeah. the music. The music in that game is fantastic. The overworld music is my alarm clock on my phone. Is it? Oh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite theme. See, in the very beginning of the Retro Junkies podcast, the Super Show, I'd always play like the first five minutes of the show. You know, just on the you know the top of the show talk and stuff. I'd always have the overworld music in the background, just because I like it so much. I don't know why. Just it's so, it's just so simple and yeah. fun. It's you know that like that's a great like believe it or not that's a great jogging song. I like, believe you're that. Not, like, you're not going super fast. You're not doing anything hard. No hills, but you're just out there trotting along, and <laughs> you play that music, and you can just go forever, man. It's awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of got that upbeat vibe, like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's something, something about it, some kind of charm. But uh, anyways, they're they're porting new um, NES games, and I I think they're forty bucks a piece. And I'll provide a link in the show notes. It's kind of a weird. I can't remember the website's name where you can actually buy them. But yeah, apparently this guy he he's made a several uh, repo carts, and they all look pretty cool. I know he did a Freddy vs Jason one. Um, yeah. So it, it looks pretty neat. So I'll definitely check that out if you're a huge fan of the franchise. I think as a set, it's 140 bucks. They're a little pricey, but it's it's 240. Oh lord, 240. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I saw it yesterday, and I was like, oh man, I kind of want to save up for that and get those. But then it's like, you know, I never play my Nintendo. You know, and nah, I got I, I don't even have a Nintendo. I got the Retron Five. Oh, nice. so I don't even know if these would play on it. Yeah, yeah, you know? it makes you wonder. I don't know. Yeah, because like 240 bucks is a lot to drop on something that may or may not work. <laughs> yeah, it's a big risk. I'll tell you so what, you buy of, them, and if they don't work, you give them to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a picture, because I'll still put them on the wall. I mean, I've got I've got my uh, Manhattan Missions uh, PC game over here that is on disc. Oh, yeah, I remember you sending that, yeah. And it, I spent like 120 bucks for it, because like they don't have, they don't make them, you know, so <laughs> I saved up some money and bought it, and I put it in my computer, and nothing. No, <laughs> it no. Won't really- <laughs> Well, it's going on the wall, so there it is. Hey, it's a it's a nice showpiece. I'll give you that. Yeah, but look <laughs> at that box art, though, man. Yeah, come oh, on. I know it. I know it looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> just watch the Let's Play on YouTube. I don't know how that guy got it to work, but I, you know, I just watched. Like, this is what the game is like. Okay. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> well, and the, and the last but not least, the only other thing um, that I noticed was new this week was they have another trailer of the um, new uh, Turtles film. It's out now, and I've I saw it. Yeah, I have to say mm-hmm. it looks really good. It, it's it's funnier than I I thought it was gonna be. You know the, yeah. the, the trailer, and I'm really excited about this film. You know I, I'm okay with it. Oh, I can't wait, man! Yeah. I can't I can't wait to see it. And actually, there's a new trailer. A not it not a trailer, a TV spot, like a TV commercial for it. Mm-hmm. It just came out today, and it's all about Casey Jones. I haven't seen Ooh. it yet, but I heard it's really cool. 
So. Oh, man. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so if you haven't checked out the new trailer, I think it's like trailer two or three at this point. Um, yeah. It, it's really cool. Uh, there's, there's a couple of scenes. I like when Michelangelo is describing each one of the turtles. And he's like, and I'm the quadruple threat or something like that. I forget what it was. He's the triple threat. He's the, brains, brawn, and personality or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. My, Michelangelo, despite – I'm still not crazy about the look of the turtles – but that's it. Yeah. That's the only real gripe that I have right now. I can't, I can't think of anything else that bothers me. Um, and that, that's a good thing. That's a good sign because I think the, um, the franchise or the, um, the producers, they're on the right track. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I get it why people don't really like the looks because it's just – it's so, so realistic different. that yeah. it doesn't look realistic, you know? Right. Where, and, and even though I'm a fan of this new Turtle series, the film series – yeah, it would look really. Somebody did a Photoshop version of the the 2014 movie and just uh, photoshopped the the turtles to where they looked more like the turtles from the cartoon. Where yeah, they and it actually, actually looked better too. <laughs> yeah, it looked really cool. I was like, yeah, man. Okay, maybe they should have done that, but they didn't. Yeah, so yeah, so you know, except let's it just for what it is. We got. I, I'm glad that they leaned them out though. They they're a little bit smaller because that, that was my complaint with the first movie was that they're just. I love how they're all different heights and that, like, Donatello is the tallest one. Yeah, and Lankiest, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, that's why he's so tall in my book, the, the one that I wrote, because he's 6'5 in the story I wrote, because I really like that design of him. Yeah, I do too. But I thought they were just too muscular, you know, and, um, but I like that they they slimmed him down just a bit, just enough, but I think they totally nailed the look of Bebop and Rocksteady. I agree. I agree. Oh, God, they look so cool. <laughs> they look so good that I'm kind of terrified of what Baxter Stockman's going to look like if they mutate him. Oh, that'd be neat. Oh, I hope they do that. If you want to talk about realism, here's a six-foot fly. It's like, <laughs> you've seen that movie. We know what it's going to look like. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, oh, man. I don't know. I kind of wish they got Jeff Goldblum to play him. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh, that'd be you great. Know what, you know what would have happened is they would have cast Jeff Goldblum to play Baxter Stockman and then never mutated him into a fly. Just because they would have just, <laughs> just mess with us. They're like, ah, whatever, nerds. You're not getting what you want. Yeah. So <laughs> It's like, you already got that once. What do you expect? It's PG-13. Can't do it. Can't so. do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think overall I, I'm uh, very, very excited about this film. Um, yeah. It comes out, what, June 3rd or June June something? June something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think I so. want to say it's early June. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Check out that trailer. So, But other than that, I say we talk about the comic. What do you think? All right, no problem. All right, let's do it. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Issue 57. This is... Not necessarily a game changer, but this is just kind of a what I consider a stakes raiser. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of just saying like, okay, here's the villain that isn't quite obviously a villain, but yeah, he's the villain. There is an obvious villain in this book that's introduced in this book that just. Oh yeah. God, when we get to it, I I oh my god, I have something to say about that just because. Oh no. Okay, so here. <laughs> So issue 57 starts out, and all of the uh, the Utrams, these are the Utrams, right, in this series? Uh-huh. The, the Krang brains, the Krangs, they're not the Krang, <laughs> but they're, they're the Krang. So the Krang get woken up, 
Fugitoid gets uh, just totally dismantled, and he's dead, in air quotes. <laughs> and turtles are like, what happened? And the Krang are like, we don't know, but you did it, right? And so there's a, for about five pages, there's a good blame game going on. And I just want to say this one thing about Leatherhead. Love his design. Love his design. But they're all, all the turtles and, and Leatherhead are wearing oxygen masks because they're on Burnout Island, which was the portion of Earth that was terraformed to Dimension X. So they can't breathe on it, which is cool. It's a nice little detail. And <laughs> uh, Leatherhead's got <laughs> the same type of oxygen mask with an oxygen tank, but it's on the end of his beak. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got this red oxygen tank perched onto his beak lengthwise and <laughs> it looks like he looks like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Alligator. <laughs> just, he almost looks like I can't take him seriously. It's like I it does I take a little away. Yeah. It's like okay, I get that's on his nose. All right. <laughs> but like you know he's breathing through his mouth the whole time. What is it what's going on? I know. I know. Like, yeah. Just look at the size of those chompers. You got he's got to be he is. He has. To. When you talk, you breathe through your mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not even. It's not. It's. It's not even the size of his head. It's just <laughs> physics. <laughs> you know, I never really thought about that. I did. I did think that. You know, that took a little a bit away from his. You know, very very intimidating look. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of like. It's kind of like when you see the big menacing villain. And he stands triumphantly, and he's huge, but he's got this really frilly cape. And it's kind of like, no, you're Liberace. You're not. You're not a villain. Come on. Well, uh, yeah, and the funny thing about it is, okay, when you when you read the issue before, you were kind of mm-hmm. up in the air about Leatherhead. You're like, ah, is he the, is he really the villain though? I I th- I felt right away that he was. I you know I I, I but, was. Yeah, I was just hoping against hope. I yeah. mean, I knew. I knew. Yeah, well, see, like, and, but see, this one starts where, you know, again, it doesn't really assume anything about him. You know, it, it, the yeah. turtles don't even think that it could be him. Uh, and I'm like, no, maybe it's not, you know, because it started swerving me because I was convinced by the end of 56, okay, Leatherhead destroyed, killed the Utrams, uh, ripped up uh, Fugitoid. I know he did it. Because I was like, he's being way too nice. You know, there's no way that he didn't do this. But then by the yeah. beginning of this issue, I'm like, well, you know, he's still there. He's still really polite. And the turtles don't even remotely suspect that he's doing it. Well, I wonder how much of that is just character development in the turtles themselves. Because Slash was a bad guy who reformed. And it's just kind of like, well, this guy is very Slash-like. He's this huge mutant, talks very eloquently, very intelligent, very nice. Maybe he is just, you know, maybe he just looks menacing. Let's not, I mean, they're acting like mutants, like good mutants would. It's like, let's not judge his appearance. Uh, but that's kind of like suspecting Darth Vader to be the good guy. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, no, that dude looks evil. <laughs> gonna, it's like, no. We're no. going to assume he's evil. Right. <laughs> okay, but, who I mean, wins? Who wins? Slash or Leatherhead? Who wins the fight? Oh, man, see that? I was just going to bring that up. It's uh-huh. like, the way they save. Leatherhead being a villain is they have to do a fight between Slash and Leatherhead. Yeah, yep. It's got to be ooze. I mean, that's just Godzilla versus King Kong right there. Yeah, I agree. They it's should just, do a whole and, series on that. <laughs> and if they could do it somehow in a model city, that would be amazing. Oh, you know? <laughs> that'd be nice. 
but yeah, I mean, I've I've got to give it. Oh man, that's good because see, we don't know how well Leatherhead can fight yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, is he just a big brute who just lumbers through everything, or can or can he actually fight? Because he's been alive for two hundred years, and something like I think you said eighteen something. He's been alive for over two hundred years. That's a lot of experience that you can gain. And really, this issue's not shown anything yet. I mean, he just attacked a couple of brains and uh, a robot. So, you know. Yeah. And well, actually, I mean, he straight up. Well, I won't. I won't go into that yet because it's the end of the issue. But mm. he really takes out a, a a power player later on in this issue, very very easily too. Uh, maybe I missed that. I don't remember that. It's like literally the last two pages. So. Ooh. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd have to just because I have a bias, I have to give it the slash because as much as I like Leatherhead, I like Slash a little bit more. I tend to say Slash is a little bigger in the IDW comics. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, he's huge because like when he was introduced in the cartoon and in the Archie comics, I think, I think even in the Archie comic, he was the same. He was just a bit broader than the Turtles, but he was like the same height too. Yeah. But like this guy, like the Slash and the Ninja Turtles in this series is kind of like the difference between Hulk and Spider-Man. You right, know? yeah, yeah. Like, especially the Deviations issue. You can see that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he takes up that whole room they're fighting. I know. it. <laughs> so, he's a Technodrome without treads. Exactly, you know? exactly. And the eyeball at the top. And the eyeball at the top. You know, so we got these Utroms here, and, and the few that survive, I forget their names. I know one was um, Marl, I, I think, or... Marielle or something like that. She she's a I, female. I did not even try pronouncing their I, names. Yeah, <laughs> Mary Sue, Larry Gallagher. That's what their names <laughs> are. So. Well, and you know, and they, they to their credit, they help the turtles. As a matter of fact, um, I think it's Marl that helps Donatello try to rebuild. Yeah. Uh, Fugitoid. Fugitoid. And yeah. uh, Michael uh, Michelangelo's. I always thought this was kind of funny. Mikey's guarding uh, uh, Donatello. Uh, during this time, which was smart, and I like how Leo he's he's making his orders. He goes, okay, Donatello, you're gonna go ahead and fix Fugitoid, and Mikey, you guard him, and Raph and I, we're gonna go, we're gonna find out who's responsible for this. My understanding is they're heading underneath this cavern, but where are they going to? Yeah, uh, Leatherhead, when he was on the surface, he thought that he smelled fire, and so it's like, okay, well, I smelled it in this general direction, so let's go over there because that fire has to have been set by somebody that who by whoever did this. Which is a safe assumption. And I, I like what you said about Leonardo. Leonardo, this issue, if nothing else, proves that Leonardo is a great field leader. Like, this whole issue, he's the only one that doesn't, like, freak out, even for a second. Because even Raphael, when he sees Leatherhead for the first time, he's like, oh, darn, we're going to get beat bad. You know? <laughs> oh, we're going to get beat up so bad. Because even Raphael's like, I can't win that fight. Which is not what Raphael ever says right. out loud. Way. Right, but like Leonardo is a great leader in this. He's really stepped into the leadership role, you know. Yeah, with confidence so. too, which I, I always like that about Leo. So you know, some incarnations he's really insecure, and then, then there's other times where he's really, really confident. In this particular issue, he knows exactly what he's going to do. He divides everybody yeah. up, and um, you know, even reassures the Krang. You know, because he's like one of the uh, Krang says, or one of the uh, Utram says. You know, hey, are you going to release these others? He's like, well, hang on, let's let's go ahead and find out who's responsible for this first. Yeah, and not risk losing any more lives. Exactly, yeah. and he's trying to reassure yeah. them, and then that's when he divvies out the responsibilities. Yeah, his behavior in this issue is the culmination of fifty-six issues before, where he did go through the lack of confidence, lack of identity, and then came into his own role as a leader. Absolutely, and uh, 
well, I think it's completely interesting that um, Leatherhead, I think all along, he's got this plan all made up. And he's going to lure them one at a time, or, or I guess in this case, two at a time. He was going to lead them. Well, let me ask you first. Do you think he was going to lead them to their deaths? Um, probably, yeah. But, I mean, just what we don't know is the why of it now. Okay, what's we the motivation? Yeah. Have no clue. Yeah, I mean, he knows about mutagen. He knows about the Utrams. He knows about the turtles. It's mm -hmm. just what, I mean, he's not using them to get off the island. Obviously, he can get off the island whenever he wants. Um, but just what is his motive? I'm hoping the next issue uh, will just flesh it out, you know? Yeah. I hope it's not, you know, I hope it's a little bit deeper than just, oh, well, the Utrams and, and the Technodrome and, and the, the, the terraformation and all this thing, it just ruined my home. I hope it's more than that, you know? I, yeah, that or survival. It's just like, well, I mean, you guys will lead to my demise. I can't have that. I got to take you out first. It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just that seems a little for a guy like Leatherhead. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's let's remember, Leatherhead is the reason Donatello is alive, right? You know, because in issue fifty, he gives Fugitoid the ooze, and Fugitoid uses it to repair Donatello's physical body. So he's the reason Donatello's here. So it's like there's there's something up with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good because that's exactly Leatherhead's character. You know, depending on which version you get, you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. You just don't know. Uh, even in the Archie series, like even his origin story, he was once a person in, in that series, and then he was transformed by a witch. But like, you never know with Leatherhead. He's kind of one of those dynamic characters. And I kind of like what you said. I kind of like that maybe, at the very least, it's survival. And it's like, hey, nothing personal, but I'm gonna do whatever it takes to live. You know? Yeah. And and if you're putting my life in jeopardy. Well, my instincts are going to take over, but it's not necessarily evil in that way. He's not going out of his way to kill people, but if, you know, yeah. push comes to shove. The only thing about the survival aspect, though, that I don't buy is in this comic, if I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says that he wants the turtles to take him to New York. Right. No, because last issue, he says that it's it's time for him to go see the world. And it's like, well, you've been alive for 200 years outside of people. Why start now trying to integrate yourself he, there? He's like, got an agenda. Something's going on. You're up to something, dude. Yeah. I mean, just, just save us all a bunch of time. Just tell <laughs> us. Just And not not me, but the turtles should have been like, dude, we know. You know how long we've been doing this? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Come on just man. Tell Seriously. Us. Seriously, you can save us so much time. <laughs> you are so evil looking right now. You're wearing torn clothes. You're five pounds. You're nine feet tall. Right. You're evil. Just tell us. And let's face it. He's, <laughs> exactly. And let's face it. He's smart. He's smart, you he's know? And if we were just going to go with the survival instincts, uh, I don't know. I think you're wasting the fact that he's a really, really smart character. So I, there's something yeah. more going on. There's something deeper. There's got to be. Yeah. But why would he save Donatello yet lead the turtles? Okay, okay so he t says, hey, I'm going to lead you to this campfire. We're just going to go under these caverns underneath the Technodrome. <laughs> And we are going to go ahead, and I'll lead you to the, the campfire. But as you notice, the further along they go, the deeper the water gets. Yeah. The more uncomfortable the turtles are. That was genuinely kind of unnerving. I was like, oh, dude, they're going to get eaten so bad. It's going to go Lake Platts in a five minutes. Right, and so. they, they kind of comment on it. They're like, oh, man, it's getting deeper here. And, you know, and they're like, are you sure you know where you're going? Uh, of course I do. Yeah, Nobody knows yeah. these things better than me. But it, my only thing is that the only – thing that i can comment on what his plan might be was that he is just maybe he's not trying to eat them or kill them or whatever maybe he's just trying to separate them and pen them 
and just hold them so he can be like, look, Donatello, you owe me. I saved your life. I have your brothers held in a cage over here. Mm. Get the Utrams out because they're the ones I really need, specifically one that I won't mention yet. Oh. Uh, and then I'll let everyone go. But I need you to do this right now because I don't know how to work a computer. <laughs> so I'm an alligator. Give me a break. And also because you know he couldn't get Fugitoid or Professor Honeycutt to work for him, and he can't get Harold. You right. know, so it's like I need Donatello. I need him. And now that he's in his physical body again, he owes me. That might be his plan. I'm not saying it is. I, if that's what I would put my money on. And you know what? That's good. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. See, again, it's not really clear if he was, like you said, going to kill him. And, and at one point, he even saves them when that giant mouser comes out of the tunnel. Oh, God, I love the, the mouser mech or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, huge, yeah. And that's just, this series, if nothing else, is so good at those WTF moments. <laughs> because it's just like, they're just walking down the street. We're going to go get a piece of pizza. And then, oh, my God, a giant robot. <laughs> and then they kill it in, like, one page. Yep. And then, like, what's what? What was up with that? It's like I don't know. Still want pizza? Yeah. And Let's now go. We're walking around. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. Well, is anyone going to comment on how there's a giant mouser out here? Yeah. And how, I mean, you know, the, the robots, right? So how did it? How did it make it through the water? It must have been left over from Baxter. It's like, oh, okay. Uh <laughs> Anybody going to wonder about what Baxter might be doing? No. 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 That's immediately what I thought. I was like, okay, Baxter's around. Where, where, where's he been? I couldn't remember. It's, it had been a while since I've seen him in a story arc. but uh, And I love how Leo and Raph, they, they look at Leatherhead like in shock and kind of they're intimidated by him because he just oh, yeah. rips that, that Mauser to shreds. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yes, uh, well, shall we continue? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, do you want to continue? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever you want. I mean, we won't if you don't want to. You know, it's cool. Yeah, and then meanwhile, you got Donatello and – let's see if I can remember. Let's see if it says their name. Uh, Marielle. Marielle, I guess it is. And, okay. Uh, she's a female Utram, whatever, and uh, she they, – they they find a way to, um, I guess, bring back the circuitry or, or uh, revitalize Fugitoid, but he's like in this comatose yeah. state. So, you know, although they've revived him, he's, you know, not conscious at this point. So they, they figure that out. Now, why – let me ask you this. Do you have any theories of why that colonel is still in the stasis? Like, why why leave him still in the in the pods? Oh, Colonel Chirrell? Yeah. Okay, this was the guy I wanted to talk about because okay, that's an evil man. Look at him. I know. Look at that brain. <laughs> He's got spikes coming off of him. He <laughs> he even sleeps evil. His eyes are at a downward angle. He's got like long canine teeth that are actually protruding out of his mouth. He's got just like. He's just oh god he he looks like he looks like evil incarnate and if you know this character this this was the shredder in the 2003 series in the cartoon and mm. it's like shredder's gone okay let's replace him with the other one it's like <laughs> no 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 turn off that turn off that stasis pod he needs to die kill him <laughs> with fire okay he's gone just no take him off the table no i think this is the guy that leatherhead wants out I think that this is part of Leatherhead's plan. Huh. But why would he want him? So so does that make him a bad guy? Because he's evil. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's just capable of doing something for him that nobody else is. You know, I don't I don't know. Yeah, good But point. it's just, oh, God. He's still in the stasis pod just because I, I think, honestly, at this point, he's still in stasis just because of luck. You know, it's just like 
Fusatory chose four or five of them, and or however many there were, and just said, "Okay, I'll sweep. I'll I'll unlock the left half of the room and the right half of the room. I'll get if the left half is successful or whatever it is." Yeah, and it just just this guy just by happenstance didn't get opened up, you know. But yeah, I love how the uh, <laughs> I love how all the Uchams are walking around in the same walker that Krang had in the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah, nice, nice nod. There are a lot of nice little nods like that all throughout the you know IDW series, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, it goes right back to the tunnel. And again, the water's getting deeper. As a matter of fact, at this point, I think uh, Raph says it. He says, uh, "Are you sure we've come pretty far already, and the water's only getting deeper?" And that's when I and that's when I start realizing, no, this is his habitat. This is what he's this used isn't to. Right. Yeah, this isn't right. Um, and, and that's when I knew. And then all of a sudden, we get some surprise characters show up, which uh, I thought was really intriguing. We get uh, mm-hmm. uh, General Trag and uh, is it Granador? I yeah, never, I never uh, could say his name right. General Trag and Sergeant Granator. Yeah. yeah. And these guys, I, I like these guys. I do too. I always like the stone soldiers because <laughs> what are you going to do against the stone soldiers? And they always pull out their weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the turtles. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's just kind of like a reflex, but like, I think, and and I think they, the turtle demon know it's like, okay, we're going to die. You know, it's it's not going to happen, but I mean, they kind of beat them a little bit Mm -hmm. in this issue. They, they have a fight with them, a small little skirmish because, uh, Leatherhead very uncharacteristically, obviously he sees, uh, Trag and Granitor and he just beats feet. He gets out of there. Yeah. Yeah. away and Raphael's like dude what's up you know <laughs> and so they fight him and Raphael actually has a size in his hands and he's about to stab uh, General Trag in the eyes in the eye I was like ooh and even Leonardo's about to he comments about how you know I bet the whites of your eyes are pretty uh, gentle aren't they oh you know? yeah I bet those aren't stone and I was like oh my god I never thought about that I, you know that's what? actually I never a really good idea yeah yeah well, and, and then, you know, all it seems like they're after it. I mean, you find out, I think it's uh, Raph or one of them mentions, hey, you know, why did you kill all these people? And meanwhile, for some reason, Leatherhead just takes off underneath the water, which is creepy in yeah. itself. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, why did he dodge this fight? What, you know, is he hunting someone? Who's he going to get? And, uh, you know, Leonardo says, why did you Why did you kill them? What, what motivation? And, and Granadar and Trag are like, what are you talking about? All we want is air. You know, <laughs> Just give us some air. That's all we want. So I knew at that point they're innocent. They were not responsible for that. And the only other person I can think of is Leatherhead. It's it's uh it's not looking good for Leatherhead, you know, and no. it's also not looking good for the turtles here. But like, you know, I I really felt bad for uh the uh stone soldiers here because they were exactly that. They're just soldiers now, they're just trying to survive. They're cut off from their home world. Yeah. They're slow I mean, think about it, they're slowly suffocating. That's yeah. That's a terrible thing, man. You know? Yeah, no <laughs> just, kidding. And now your lungs are made of rock. What are you going to do? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I'm i looking at the last panel right now. Uh, yeah. I didn't – you know what? I read it so quickly that I didn't even realize mm-hmm. he had something in his tail. That's how stupid I am. Yeah. <laughs> he took out – no. <laughs> no, he took out uh, General Trag. Yeah, he took I out General so. Trag with ease, man, with his tail. With he his tail. He touch him, grabbed him with his tail. Oh, yeah, yes. So, like, leading up to that, 
you know, he, he confesses, uh, what does he say? Something like, I, I confess you that there's another reason why I brought you here or something like that. Uh, he says, it appears I have another admission to make and then to be continued. Yeah, yeah. he's strangling Granitor by the neck with his tail. And he, you know, I think I think I think Trag is dead. I think, think so? Snap is back, man. I think he's dead. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. And just look yeah. at his eyes, man. He's evil. He's got oh, good lord. Yeah. <laughs> he's got now he's got like predator eyes now. He's he like does. there's no there. He's full on no pun intended, but he's just lizard brain right now, <laughs> you know. He's, his brain went amphibious and he's going to Tonight he will dine on turtle soup. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and it's so like why, why kill the rock soldiers just because they're in the way? Just because they're in the way, and probably to prove a point, like he can just kill a rock, a stone soldier, without batting an eye. Right. Right. It is. It is another form of intimidation. I mean, like, if nothing else, I kind of think Leatherhead's strategy is just psychological warfare, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I mean. Because he said, because he would probably think, well, anybody can punch somebody. I'm gonna scare them because if you can scare somebody, there's no fight to be had. Right. Yeah. You know? Good point. I wonder if he, in the beginning of the next uh, issue, if he's gonna attack the turtles or if he's just doing that to prove a point. Yeah. But then again, the turtles. Well, all we have is Raph and Leo. At this point, they'll probably know that Leatherhead was responsible for killing all the Utrams. Are they gonna attack him? Is he going to attack them? Do you think? Do you think he was the one who attacked the Utrams, or do you think uh, there's a possibility that somebody else that we don't even we haven't even thought about might have done it? Uh, yeah, I mean there there is always the possibility, but it's just kind of like you know who because they showed at the very end of issue fifty six they showed the silhouette of whoever the attacker was, right? And he's enormous, you know, but that silhouette doesn't look amphibious because Leatherhead has a very unique silhouette and that shadow of whoever it was didn't look like Leatherhead. You know, it just looked like it looked like the typical big dude, uh, big scary man. You know, it could have been one of the rock soldiers, but the rock soldiers, no, it doesn't. And the rock soldiers are not exactly graceful. no, (laughs) They would just, you know, thump, 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 thump away, you know. <laughs> but Leatherhead, who knows what he can do? We don't know his capabilities yet. Yeah, good point. Um, so I think, I think, I think Leatherhead is behind this, but I think he's working for someone. I wouldn't doubt that he's working for Chirel, the mm-hmm. the the Utrom that's still in stasis. Uh, but just to what end? Don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. So. So again, you know, I I think Leatherhead is certainly leaning towards you know being a villain at this point. I I mean, it seems pretty obvious. Although he just killed another tentacle villain, or it seems that he killed him. It's just he seems shady. I think he's got his own agenda. I don't know why, because it it sounds like he wasn't planning on be obviously being attacked by the Mauser. I uh, didn't sound mm-hmm. like he was planning on being attacked by the stone soldiers like where was he gonna take the turtles and why was the water getting deeper does he want to kill the turtles you know that that's my thing what is he doing why did he take them out there in the first place what was his motivation i kind of think he was just trying to separate everybody it's gonna hold him here and then i'll use him as ransom or use him as bait you know unless yeah he wanted to lure maybe leo and raph away while maybe the Mm -hmm. utrams do something shady to donnie and 
uh, Mikey. Maybe, you know, because, yeah. yeah, they're being a little <laughs> nice, too. The Utroms, you know, suspiciously nice. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think it. I think kind of like um, he was just trying to separate the turtles and then force Donatello to do something he wouldn't do, but he would to save his brothers' lives. I mean, that's that's the smart play. Yeah, you know, it's because if their brother, if he kills Raphael and Leonardo, then there's no way to get Donatello to help him. If he keeps Leonardo and Raphael alive but in peril. Then he's got leverage on Donatello. Just say, "Hey, you want to save your brothers? You're going to do this for mm, me." Interesting. Yeah, I that's I that's what that. I think. That, that's the smart way. That's the smart play. I lean towards that uh, the most. I think that <laughs> would definitely bode well for his character the most because I I think he's always one of those mysterious characters. And uh, I think if you want to keep that tradition alive with Leatherhead, uh, you got to do something like that. Interesting issue. Yeah. I gotta say, it was it was pretty good, pretty good for a filler issue. It, it definitely seemed um, like there's plenty. It more was a issues. quick read. It was very quick. As dialogue heavy as it is, it was it went by really quick. Yeah, it it certainly did. And I, I wonder if in the next issue, Fugitoid will come back. I kind of doubt it. I think it's gonna be a long time before he comes out of his uh, comatose state. I'd be I'm so tired of comas. I'm so tired of comas in this series. Like this series, like everyone goes into a coma. They're just like, no, man, comas are great. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll get out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is the fourth person to go into coma. And it, when your computer goes into a coma, it's time <laughs> you jump the okay? shark. Yeah. It's just, no, man. He's he's not in a coma. He just upgraded the Windows 10 accidentally, and now nothing works properly. <laughs> He's still you know, downloading whatever. updates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I like I like Fugitoid just fine. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he's not like my favorite character or anything. So it's okay, no problem. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really I'm I'm really more interested in finding out what's going on with Kitsune and the other Pantheon characters because she is just like for the whole series, Kitsune has just been mind melding uh, Alaplex to do her bidding, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, man. I kind of hate. It's a good problem to have. I kind of hate that. I'm really. I. I am the kind of person that's just like, okay, I know what this is doing, but I want to know what this is going to do. I really don't like that, you know. Because yeah. and personally, I don't like that about me. Where it's just kind of like, yeah, I want to see what this is going to do, though. <laughs> oh darn! I have to wait a month. You know. Exactly. I know what you mean. It, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I, so. I always wonder what the other villains are up to during all this time, or are somehow they connect. I yeah. think um, I think Letterhead has a a partner. He's working with somebody. I don't know who. I don't know what the motivation is, but I think we'll find out soon. So, I kind of like how the turtles have no safe haven because they're yeah. being attacked by spiritual people and technologically <laughs> advanced people. You know. I know they can't get a break. They cannot get a break. Just move, okay? Leave New York. Go away. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, sweet, man. Well, how many uh, slices of pizza would you give this particular issue, man? I would give this a solid seven because this is, I mean, like we both said, and I don't mean this in a negative, it is a yeah. filler issue. Mm -hmm. It is just, this is a plot issue. It's like, this is what's happening. It's setting up what's going to happen next. and But it does have a really good cliffhanger. And <laughs> it's just like you close the book and you're like, oh, my God, the Ninja Turtles are just, words i can't say on a family friendly podcast <laughs> it's like they are pooched yeah, you know absolutely. <laughs> they really are and so i give it a solid seven because not a lot happens but what does happen is really powerful absolutely. it really really keeps you wanting more 
Absolutely, and I, I agree. I would give this a seven as well. Um, uh, Matias Saniluco, a, a fantastic artist. I think he is one of the best artists for uh, the IDW run. He made Leatherhead look amazing, uh, extremely yeah. intimidating. Um, I, I love his design. I mean, he, he looks just so powerful, and he can throw around rock soldiers like it's nobody's business. Um, so, and it's really hard to get that. It's really hard to draw that the beak of an alligator right? at multiple different angles. You know, it's it, it would have been so easy to do like a killer croc from Batman where he is human but with scales. So it would have been really easy to do that. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, yeah. and then there are the, just the scales themselves. I mean, that's a lot of detail you have to put into you know your artwork. I mean, I, I yeah. can't imagine how long it takes to draw somebody like Leatherhead, but. Uh, I mean, the artwork and the shading of the lighting is great because, you know, the deeper they get, the darker everything gets. And then you see, you know, the lighting over um, Leatherhead. I mean, it's just so cool, so good. It's so It makes me look so much more intimidating because, you know, turtles just have their flashlights and they're shining it on this beast that's just towering above them, you know. And it's just uh, Rhonda Patterson who does the coloring. I don't know if she does the shading as well. Whatever it is, fantastic. <clears throat> Looks Yeah, great. it's Nobody had an easy job with this because you had multiple light sources, you had multiple shadows, you had water that you had to draw on yeah. top of everything. <laughs> so there was always something moving, and no, but everybody earned their paycheck with this one. So absolutely, yeah, great issue, great uh, filler issue. I'd give it a seven, um, which is definitely not a bad rating. It's a great, it's a great rating for for what the story it's is right good. now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, if if you're not, if you're reading a book that if you're complaining about a book is only a seven, then you need to stop reading comics. Okay? <laughs> Just stop. Right. I mean, because you know, ten. I mean, for me, the reason it's a seven is it's it's not nothing incredibly majors happened, but it's still a good story, yeah. and you know, it's leading to something major. You know. Uh, so, you know, it's only going to get better in my opinion, but, uh, um, yeah, excellent story, man. So, um, so to close out episode 42 of the IDW Mutation Station, what kind of pizza are we going to have today, Josh? Oh man, you know what? It's early in the morning. I feel like some breakfast pizza. All right. You know, just, you get a biscuit crust, <laughs> you get sausage gravy, scrambled eggs and bacon on there. Oh my goodness. And... Yeah, you can actually you can buy those. Uh, Red Baron Pizza makes those in the freezer aisle. That's real. So it's a, a, bis, a biscuit really crust. Good, yeah. It's a biscuit crust with sausage gravy for the where the sauce would be. Oh it God. does have cheese on it, and it's got scrambled eggs, and you can find them with bacon too. Oh Lord! <laughs> so I don't even man, know how to I'm, put that in words. <laughs> man, it's you. You put it into words that say glorious. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what it is. It is it's glory on a plate. So. <laughs> And you can microwave it in two minutes, and you got it. Yeah, so. no kid. Wow, microwavable too. Jeez, that's convenient. Oh yeah, technology peaked at frozen pizza, man. Everything else, is just <laughs> everything else has been downhill. Yeah. <laughs> iPods, Xbox One, whatever. You don't need that. All you need is your Saturday morning cartoon and frozen pizza. They don't even have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. I know, like, I know. Unless you got like the Disney Channel, where they're gonna charge you per cartoon or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. No, man. That, Mm. Well, see, that, that was the whole premise of the show, too, by the way, because uh, I remember being a kid, Saturday mornings, you got your cereal and you watched Ninja Turtle cartoons. So that's why yeah. I've always tried, uh, first of all, Turtle Flakes, which, you know, the whole Turtle Flakes thing, it seems kind of like a random name for a Ninja Turtles podcast. There's a story behind it, but I, I can't really say it on the show. But basically, there was... Is that is that why Michelangelo's eating cereal? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> there, there, there was right. a there yeah. was a reason there was a reason uh, why we had we had a different name in place, uh, and we already had designed the logo and didn't realize that there was another show that already had that name. And uh, oh, uh, so now, you know, for Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, you know, that's why I wanted to release Turtle Flakes on Saturday morning. So you still get that Saturday morning feel, you know. So yeah. Well, you're doing great so far, man. I really, I mean, I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks, I've, buddy. I've always, and I hope you don't mind me saying, I've always appreciated this show. Oh. Uh, just, just because I, I thought I was just being kind of a dork about Ninja Turtles because I just, I obviously I love them so much. They, they have so much sentimental meaning to me, and they're a part of how I identify myself. But, um just knowing that there are people out there that take it as seriously as I do, uh, it just makes me feel just welcome. Oh, absolutely, know? man. Your Wait. show always did that for me. Oh, yeah. thanks a lot, man. Well, hey, you're... And I'm not saying that just so I'm on the next episode. <laughs> I really... You know? I was just about to say no, but you're a part of it now, man. And and I I just I think the great thing about it is, you know, you're just as much a part of this now. This is your show just as much as this is my show now, you know, and... Um, I'm just excited. Yeah, if to... you go down, you're gonna take everybody with you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, sweet. I guess I better close out the show, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, but anyways, guys. So I do very much. I do very much appreciate what you said. I don't want you to think that I'm just saying, yeah, whatever. No, no I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I just I don't know how to take uh, nice. I don't really know how to. Uh, I, I'm the same uh, way. I'm the same way. I like I blush. I'm like oh, I, I don't. I feel unworthy and stuff like that. So, well, all right, dudes and dudettes. Uh, so, what kind of pizza we settle on? It's a biscuit. It's breakfast pizza. The breakfast got a pizza. biscuit crust, breakfast sausage sauce, bacon and scrambled eggs on. Okay. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, dudes and dudettes. Well, here's the hoping you have your biscuits and sausage sauce and bacon and eggs and all sorts of other breakfast stuff on top of your pizza. Pizza, dudes. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone. <laughs>